Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Australian Grape and Wine Studio Canberra podcast. My name's Lee McLean. I'm the General Manager for Government Relations and External Affairs here at Australian Grape and Wine. And with me, as always, is Tony Badalini, our Chief Executive. How are you, Tony? Very well, thanks, Lee. Lee, and glad to be here. Now, Tony, in recent months uh, since we've started this podcast, we've, we've spoken about China a lot, and for good reason. Um for many of our grape growers and winemakers out there, the import duties that have been placed on Australian wines have had a really big impact on, you know, business profitability. And they've also created a lot of uncertainty in the market around, um, around how businesses are going to fare in the years ahead. But just to ground truth this a little bit, I mean, now the duties are firmly in place. What has been the impact on exports to China? Yeah, thanks, Lee. And the reality is that essentially the China market has been closed since November last year. So even before the final duties were imposed, uh, we were having problems at the border getting product through customs. And those uh, those customs issues have continued probably right through to this day. So from a $1.2 billion market, and in the last four months, we would normally sell over $300 million worth of product. We've sold under $20 million. So that's had a big impact on that product. I guess the other thing I would like to add is that we have talked a lot about China and we have looked, talked a lot about trade and we have talked a lot about exports, but it's just as important to producers who don't export in what happens on the international market. Our domestic market's simply not big enough to take all the supply that we have. And that means that if we don't sell product overseas, it's got to go somewhere. And to find those other markets is really, really hard. And if it has to go back domestically, it will impact down on price. And it doesn't matter if you just sell at the cellar door, it's going to impact on your price no matter what. So that's why we do talk about trade and we do talk about free trade agreements and why we're so concerned about China. Yeah, you're spot on there. It's a really competitive market out there already without this, uh, without the potential for an influx of wine on the, on the Australian domestic market as well. Um, now, we've also talked a lot about um, growing markets overseas and all those sort of other things that we're doing to try to mitigate against um, the impacts of this, this decision. But one thing that we, um, we haven't spoken about in great detail is uh, the fact that on Saturday, the 19th of June, the Minister for Trade, Tourism and Investment, Dan Tian, announced that the Australian government would initiate formal proceedings at the World Trade Organisation or the WTO, as we call it. Now, this is a big step. It's a big milestone uh, in, in this process. And Tony, you've been working in trade policy and, and market access for, for quite a while. Can you give us a bit of an overview of what this decision actually means? Yeah, thanks, Lee. And I guess the first point I would make in that this is a normal part of the process in taking dispute settlement action in the WTO. So when you take a case under anti-dumping or countervailing duties, which is what the Chinese took against Australia, they are done under legislation or treaties that were created under the World Trade Organization. And if you don't get a result within these, the next step to go is the dispute settlement process, where effectively it creates an independent arbitrator who will look at your case and decide on the merits of whether they think it was legitimate or not. So this is the normal next step in the process. Now, I think the next thing I should make clear is it's not a silver bullet and it's not a quick fix. So these cases, they take a long time. We recently completed a case against Canada on wine where we, we took a complaint due to some of the preferential treatment that Canadian wine was getting in the liquor boards within Canada. 
took us over three years to get a resolution and that didn't go to the final dispute settlement process. It went into the process and there was no final report released because we managed to negotiate a settlement during that time. So I think it's really important to understand that they don't, cases don't always go to the formal conclusion, but it is a three to four year process. So I'll outline briefly what happens during that process. So when we uh, elected or when the government elected to take the WTO action, they notified their counterparts in China, the Chinese Ministry of Commerce, that they were going to refer this to the WTO. The WTO will now ask the two parties to have bilateral consultations to see if they can resolve the issue. And that's an important step for us because we've had a lot of trouble in being able to, to our officials to talk to Chinese officials. So we're very keen for those bilateral consultations to occur. If there is no success from those bilateral consultations, and it's unlikely that there will be a successful conclusion, then we will ask for a panel to be formed. Now, this panel has three independent people who are selected by the two parties, and they will make a decision based on the evidence given them. Now, if China refused to have a, family, a, pan, a panel, then we can go back and we will ask for another panel to be formed within another 30 days. And that's how we expect this to go. So in a probably in about two months time, there'll be a formal panel and they will start to hear evidence from both sides. And that procedure will, as I say, take some time to resolve. It certainly sounds like it's a big job for, uh, for, the, for the industry and for the Australian government to be taking this on. And I, I want to very appreciative of the fact that the, the government has made that decision to, to go ahead with it. I think it's the right move. Um, Tony, is it seen as something that is um, antagonistic in terms of the bilateral relationship, or is it just, as you said, par for the course in these sorts of processes? You know, that's a really good point, uh, Lee, and World Trade Organization cases are taken all the time by a number of players, a lot of players. So Australia at any time is subject to actually defending some and taking them on. It's not seen as antagonistic or aggressive in any way, shape or form. It is seen as a normal part of the process. And I guess the other important thing to note is that both Australia and China both promote their adherence to World Trade Organization rules and the multilateral trading system. So both countries will adopt the decision that's made by the WTO. And they've got a history of showing that they will adopt those decisions. And that's really important because it gives you faith in the system. And as a small trading country like Australia, the, the multilateral trading system is so important just to have those rules because we need that cover when occasionally we get decisions that go against us that we don't believe are well-founded. Indeed. Well, watch this space. And for any listeners out there who are interested in this, this uh, process, we're going to have a bit of information up on our website. It's early days at the moment, but as things develop, we'll be putting, uh, putting information about the, the process up on our website, Australian uh, Grape and Wine, which is www.agw.org.au. So, Tony, we'll keep it pretty short, sharp and shiny today. I just wanted to have a quick chat about uh, China, given it uh, it was the uh, the big news story of the week. But before we head off, we better talk about what's in our glass this weekend, as we always do. It is pouring rain here in Canberra and it is freezing cold. So I'll tell you what, I'll be having a Morris, uh, Morris Tawny from Rutherglen because it's pretty hard to beat a Rutherglen fortified in this sort of weather. What about you? Yeah, it's a really good choice, Lee, but uh, of course, for me, it's something to have a bit later in the night uh, after dinner. Um, so I, I'll probably, with my fish and chips tonight, I'm probably going to go a Handorf Hills 
Grunovet Lina. Uh, it's a drop that I'm very fond of. It's an Austrian variety. And, and good on you, Larry. You do it really well down there at Hardoff Hill. So really big supporters of, the, of this product and I love it. So um, enjoy your wine, drink it responsibly, and I hope all our listeners do as well. Indeed. Well, same to you, Tony, and thanks very much, everyone, for listening.